You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Kelly Henderson, and you are listening to At Home on the Velvet's Edge podcast. This week, my guest is country music singer and guitar playing badass, Lindsay L. Lindsay and I talked about what it took for her to become so good at playing guitar and why she never actually feels like she'll be done learning. We also tackled the topic of inequalities for women in country music and how it makes her grind that much harder. Plus, she answered some dating questions and told us if she has been hooking up in quarantine. Here's our conversation. Lindsay L., what's up? Kelly, it is so good to talk to you. Oh, you know, just living the best quarantine life I can. You and I were just talking before the podcast and we're like, you said, how are you? And I was like, oh, you know, just another day of quarantine. (laughs) Like, what is this life? I don't know. It, that's honestly what it feels like. Like, this is becoming the new normal. I yeah. guess I should say new. This is normal now. It's just the norm. Yeah. Well, so tell me, what does your day-to-day look like? Because I know, obviously, it's very different from what it was before quarantine. Very different. I used to play, I mean, last year we played 235 shows. I was on the oh road my 280 God. days. So this has been a direct 180 from that life. Like, yeah. I have never spent this much time at home, like waking up in my own bed, cooking in my kitchen every day, which is a blessing. Like that, that part feels really, really nice. Right. But then the other part of it, it just, it feels so different. I feel like I should be packing a suitcase and going on the road and I'm not. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of this quarantine, I was finishing my album, which actually was so nice. Cause I was pretty busy. I was, working with my producer Dan Huff remotely. So I would record vocals and guitars from my little studio in my house and then send files to him. He'd work his magic. He'd send them back. And so for the first three weeks, I was finishing my album remotely. (laughs) So you were slammed. I was totally slammed. And now I'm like getting into the, once I turned all the files for my album in, 
I was like, okay, now what? Like, what do <laughs> what do normal people do? Right. I, mean, I don't have a boyfriend. I live alone, and so I've been quarantined in a house by myself for over fifty days now. Oh my like, god! Uh, <laughs> Are you talking to random things in your house as if they're your friends? I have been like talking out loud. <laughs> I put string lights up in my living room to make it feel like a little bit more cheery. Right. <laughs> Cozier. I like it. I know. I know. I don't know. At this point, it's like literally one day at a time. <laughs> Absolutely. You said you cook. I mean, you cook. I know you cook a lot because I see it on your Instagram. What have you been cooking? So I've been eating pretty well vegan for the past year. Mm-hmm. I'm not like super religious about it, but. I, uh, I I try to stay to it. So I've been cooking a lot of like veggie burgers. I make this really amazing like cauliflower crust pizza. Which is awesome. I just like to explore with different things, you know. That's been the main thing for me is I have to really branch out. Like I've gotten a couple new cookbooks because I just get yes. so monotonous. And then my brain is like, I don't know what else to cook because we've been cooking more meals than, than I personally have ever cooked. Yeah, than ever. I know. And in a way, it's kind of exciting because you get to be a little bit more adventurous. Yeah. But then there are days I just find quarantine so up and down. Like some days I wake up and I feel great and I open the curtains and let light in. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, bring on this day. And other days I'm like the exact opposite it's dark like, I don't want to cook anything yep. I'm eating ice cream out of my freezer <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how everyone is it's just you kind of got to ride ride the waves of the emotions because it's all over yeah. the place it is all over the place so so true so have you been playing a lot of guitar because you are definitely known for your guitar playing skills <laughs> I have been. I am, um, you know, at the beginning of this quarantine, also things were pretty busy because our, our friends at radio were all asking for like content and, you know, every, everybody, it felt like everybody all of a sudden discovered the internet and yeah. they were like, let's do lives and let's do this and do you have videos and can you send covers? And so I have been playing a lot of guitar, but it's just been, it's, it's felt like work a little bit. It yeah. hasn't been like really practicing and fun. And now that we're like weak, nine or 10 or whatever <laughs> um, we are in this quarantine. I'm like just scratching the surface to be like, okay, maybe I should practice again. Like actually <laughs> work on my skills as a guitar player or, you know, playing piano or whatever it is. Right. So I'm like starting to dig a little bit deeper, which is I think where the true magic lies. What does that look like to get so good at something? Because like I said, you're known for being really great at guitar. When did you start playing? So I started playing guitar when I was eight. Piano okay. was actually my first instrument when I was six, but I've, I picked up a guitar and just didn't want to put it down. I just was so curious about everything with it. And I've, I've never really gotten to a point where I thought I was good. And I hope I really never get to a point where I think I'm good. I mean, cause I always just watch people who could play circles around me and I'm yeah. like, okay, well I need to learn how to do that. And I need to learn how to be that fluid. And and, you know, I read an article once that said B.B. King used to take a guitar lesson every day and Celine Dion still takes voice lessons all the time. Wow. And I'm like, if they can still right. learn stuff, then I have a long way to go. And so I never really look at it as, oh, I'm a good guitar player. I like I love playing guitar and I do it a lot, but I have I have so much further to go. You know, I have so much more I want to learn. And the cool thing about living in Nashville is you get to surround yourself with musicians who are out of this world. Yes, like they they're are everywhere. 
they're everywhere and they're so great at what they do. You go down to Broadway and you see these guys playing for mere tips for a few hours and they will amaze you. They'll leave you speechless. I mean, they've been on so many countless records, like hit records from Garth Brooks to, you know, anybody on the radio today. And and yet they're playing on Broadway for tips. I mean, right. not right now physically, but right. But when things open back up again. And so Nashville's a very humbling town to live in because you can you can constantly be challenging yourself, I guess, and just be like, Okay, yeah, I'm I, I know my way around the guitar, but I could I could also be so much better. Well, you actually covered an entire John Mayer album, which I assume since he's also a fellow guitar player, he's one of your heroes. So who else has kind of shaped your career? Yeah, I, I love the way John plays. And as a writer, I just think he's so talented. Yeah. Um, so he's he has been a huge influence on me. I mean, when I started playing, I, I learned playing bluegrass with my dad. I would really? go to like bluegrass camps with him when I was this tiny little blonde girl following him and all of his <laughs> friends around playing like fiddle tunes till three in the morning. That's how I grew up. So I was big into like Chet Atkins when I was little. And then I got into Jimi Hendrix and Steve Ray Vaughan and, and Eric Clapton and Derek Trucks and like a lot of blues guitar players, honestly, and yeah. rock guitar players yeah. that, um, that I feel have been the main influence on my style right now as I play. Like it's the difference between when you hear Brad Paisley play and Keith Urban play, they're both incredible guitar players and they, they both are so, so great, but they have such unique styles. Tell me more about that because to the outside view of a non-musician to me, I'm just like, Oh, they're great. But for you, what do you see as the difference between like those two people, for instance? So um, I've been fortunate enough to tour with both of them, and I will say I look up to both of them for um, completely different reasons. Yeah. I I toured with Brad for about a year and a half. We played 75 shows all over the world together, and Brad is so technically great. Yeah. Like, you will watch his show, and he will not make one mistake. And it's it's frustrating because it's like, how are you so good, Brad? Yeah. Like, you never make a mistake. <laughs> He's so good, and it, he just makes it look effortless like he's just so technically fluid up and down up and down the instrument and night after night after night is consistent and so I so appreciate that and then when you look at Keith who is just as great but in a completely different way like their styles are just so different which is cool when I think you throw musicians in together who have completely different styles Mm -hmm. just like any collaboration I think that's where you know, some really unique moments can happen. But um, but Keith is a lot more bluesier, I'd say, in his style. And so he's very fluid and just in the way he like dances when he's yeah, playing guitar he's on stage feeling and it. his shoulders, he's feeling it. And you just feel something when you watch Keith play. He's also technically really, really great. Right. But he just has this feel when he plays that it draws you in as a listener. And I really think that Keith is is a little bit more bluesier, mm-hmm. which is why if I were to describe my style, it would be more down that blues vein. And I think yeah. that's why I was drawn to so many blues guitar players growing up. Yeah, that makes total sense. Well, you just mentioned two of the big heavy hitters in country music, and they're both 
men, which mm-hmm. the topic of women in country music has been one that's just been everywhere this past year specifically. So it's a, it's a well-known fact that women in country music are often excluded. And I actually was reading an article. Um, it's a recent article on NPR that country music fans are essentially programmed to like what they're fed, which is mostly white males. So have you felt that exclusion specifically? Like, what has that looked like? Yeah, I mean, the issue of women on country radio has been a thing for years, ever since the tomato gate, dare I say it, (laughs) that article a few years ago. And I have always just lied on the side of the fence that music should be about music and it should be about what's great. Not if a male or female is singing it, it should just be, if a song is great, it should be played. But when you really look into the science of radio, I've, I've read lots of studies on this too. And I think I know what article you're referring to, but I think it was, I want to say it was like eight years ago or so. And there was a study done and one program director in a market, um, did some research and said, okay, if I take out the underperforming female songs on my playlist, um, my ratings will go up. And he, it didn't say if I take out the underperforming male songs on my playlist, it just said, if I take out the underperforming female songs in my playlist, my ratings will go up. And so, and I think it's, it's just a number of things and a number of dominoes, but I think through the years, And I don't think maliciously people were trying to do this or from a chauvinistic standpoint, but I just think through the years, the listener has been subconsciously programmed to hear more male voices on the radio. Not saying that they don't like females, because I will tell you when I go to my show, my audience is 75% females. And when people say females don't want to hear females, I will be like, I will fight you to that statement (laughs) to the death because just come to any female artist show and you will see a lot more females in the crowd than males. That's so true. But I do think that the audience has been subconsciously programmed to hear more male voices on the radio, which has been a challenge and a hurdle to overcome for everybody, be it artists, labels, program directors, radio stations, you know, um, programming their stations. And so I feel like it's something that we need to consciously react to right now and you see it i mean there are definitely more females on the charts there are definitely more females getting number ones these days so i feel like it's changing slowly mm-hmm. but but i think that um it's something we need to look at more um more more on the head and more proactively being like all right we're going to make a change of this in a in a good positive way because it it was subconsciously and and really from an unfair standpoint changed years ago without really any of us noticing it. And so, um, so yeah, I, I really feel like things are moving in the right direction. I truly do. I just think it's going to take more work on everybody's standpoint to balance things out a little bit. Yeah. It's so weird. You said it just slowly changed from years ago and I grew up on women in country music, like Faith yeah. Hill, Trisha Yearwood, but like nineties was just like, there was women everywhere. Me too. Martina McBride, yes. Terry Clark. And yeah, there were, there was arguably, it was definitely even, even maybe a little bit more skewed the other way. Driven. Yeah. Yeah. So I do feel like industries are cyclical. And when you look at pop music right now, it is inundated by female. Right. 
right? Maybe it is. You're right. It's just seasons. I mean, you, you, I hear you described constantly within the industry as just someone who will grind, like you work hard. So do you feel like that's tied to the being a woman in this business? Or do you feel like that is just your nature naturally? Uh, all of the above. Really? Um, (laughs) I have always been pretty driven and I always am like, hard work doesn't phase me. Like, you tell me what needs to be done and bring it on. Like yeah. I will, I will do it. But, um, but I do feel like as a female artist, we need to work harder and for less money mm-hmm. just to, just to be real about it. I mean, we work harder for less money. That's, that's the way it is right now. And hopefully that will even out and that will even change one day. But even as a female in the world, in any industry, yeah. I think we need to work harder for less money a lot of the time. Yeah. We kind of have to. And it just is what it is. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just kind of stating a fact. It being is, like, yeah. If anything, I'm up for the challenge. Like, bring it on. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Your current single is called I Don't Love You. Can I just say, I love your vocals on this song. That is the most real and raw I feel like I've ever heard you. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> I I um, started recording this record with Dan Haas, my producer, and... Um, Dan has a way of capturing a vocal that is just so raw and and honest. I mean, I've always heard how amazing Dan is, and I've wanted to work with him ever since I moved to Nashville 10 years ago. But I'm so glad that it took me till this moment in my career to finally work with him because I finally know who I am. I know yeah. what kind of record I want to make. And so I feel like, you know, our, our paths collided at the right time. But he is truly one of the greats when, when, you know, everybody bows down to Dan Huff. I, I always have, and I've always respected him, but finally being able to work with him, I truly understand why. Like he's just so gifted about working with an artist and pulling those things out of an artist that we don't even know are inside of us. Yeah. And I think that the evidence of a great producer is you can do that with anybody, whether it be Kane Brown, Brett Young, Lady Annabellum, I mean, even Keith Urban way back in the day, like Dan has worked with all of those people and produces hits that you hear on the radio across the board and can do something from the left side of the spectrum to the right side of the spectrum. So he um, he was so talented and, and, and able to kind of pull out a, a vocal like that. So thank you so much for loving it. Oh, yeah, I felt it. I mean, a lot of people have also speculated that the song is about your ex, Bobby Bones, which I'm not even going to bother asking because I know how untrue (laughs) speculation can be. (laughs) But you did date Bobby for a few years and it was a very public relationship. So I want to know what dating looks like for you now. Would you ever get involved in such a public relationship again? Hey, well, um, we are both tied to the Bobby world quite closely. <laughs> yes. So um, I I think Bobby is the best. And, um, you know, he we're still really close and, and still on great terms. But but yeah, I actually didn't write I Don't Love You. It's the only song on my record I didn't write. And um, a lot of this record, I will say, I write about my life. I mean, I'm yeah. a songwriter. Um, it's it's what we do. And so over the past couple of years, I have written about that a lot. Um, but I Don't Love You, I think, was just a song that I found that I, I felt was so honest and was something that I could relate to. And I felt that a lot of people could relate to, whether it be from any relationship that they think about in their life. It's still OK to not necessarily love somebody, but still miss those good memories. Right. And so I just felt so identified to to 
and connected to the song. Um, will I ever have another public relationship? I don't know. I mean, I'm at the point right now, I've been single for two and a half years, Kelly. And I'm like, I've been doing a lot of like self discovery, deep diving, and I'm finally ready to find that relationship. And I just, I'm not putting any rules on it. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I more just want to find the right person for the right reasons. And be it the right timing and, and circumstance. So I'm, I'm really not putting rules on what it has or has not have to be. Well, I mean, if any men are listening right now, this is the right <laughs> time. I mean, a quarantine oh connection. God. Can we talk about there that? We go, right? <laughs> <laughs> so hit Lindsay up, slide on into those DMs. <laughs> oh my goodness, Kelly. You'll be my matchmaker. I'm totally your matchmaker you right now. <laughs> um, okay, well, you have this new live streaming show, which I actually was a guest on the other day. It's called Living Well with Elle. Um, tell us yes. a little bit about this show. Thank you so much for coming on. It was fun. Um, I just, one, didn't, selfishly didn't want to go crazy yeah. not playing any shows. Right. And two, the the first few weeks of quarantine, I was just talking to friends and it was so easy to get down on yourself listening to the news mm-hmm. and reading articles. And there's just a lot of heavy, heaviness out in our world right now. And I'm just like, I kind of just want to go on Instagram and talk about good things Yeah, bring on some of my friends and talk about what's going good in their life. And if I can make a few people smile at the end of the 30, 45 minutes that I'm live, then mission accomplished. Right. And so, yeah, I called it living well and it's just, it's just centered around positivity. So how often are you doing these? I do them once a week, every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central. Okay. And for the time being, I mean, until I get back heavy touring again, I think I'm just going to keep continuing it. Yeah, why not? I think it's fun, (laughs) too, because it's like everyone is going through so much of the same stuff. And so if we can all talk about it, it just makes it for me, it makes me feel a lot better to know I'm not isolated in all these feelings, you know? Agreed. And we're all humans, regardless of... Exactly where we come from, what we do for a living, where we're quarantined. We're, you're right. We're all experiencing the same emotions and it kind of makes you feel like you're not so alone. So what else do you have on the radar? I mean, you said you've been working on a new album. Do you have any updates on when that would be coming out or has everything kind of been put on hold for now? Well, I do have updates. Yeah, I've been Ooh, working on tell this new us. album. I'm so excited about it. Um, it will be out later this summer. So okay. I think August is cool. what we're, we're shooting for. Um, I, I originally was kind of nervous to release an album in the middle of quarantine or who knows what August is going to look or feel like even right. at this point. But but I think that art can always be always be released and always be listened to. And maybe now more than ever – Art is a good thing for people to be able to, to, you know, digest when maybe they're quarantined in their houses. And so we're just going forward, plan as usual, and going to try to make the release as special as it can. I'm hoping by August I could travel and do some press by it. But at this point, I don't even know if that's an option. So we're taking it day by day and slowly planning this thing out. Well, I keep saying anytime anyone on here has talked about releasing new music, I'm like, bring it on because we constantly have music going in the house right now. And I've run out of albums. I'm like, you know, it's it's time. I need some new music. So we're with you. We're looking forward to it. Where can people keep up with you to get updates on that kind of stuff? 
Um, on all of the socials, it's just at Lindsay L L I N D S A Y E L L. Um, I'm on Instagram the most of these days, plus trying to learn TikTok and making <laughs> sense of any of that and also making a fool of myself doing weird dances. So you can see me make a fool of myself on TikTok too. <laughs> Amazing. You guys check out Living Well. I had so much fun being in a guest and she's had some really fun other guests on there every Tuesday at seven. Check out Lindsay on Instagram as well. And we are looking forward to new music from you, hopefully in August, it sounds like. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Awesome, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you guys for listening. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.